الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل ان صلاتي ونسكي ومحياي ومماتي لله رب العالمين قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من وجد ساعه لان يضحي فلم يضح فلا يحضر مصلانا او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم There are certain occasions, certain auspicious days that will recur. Every year the same occasions will come and every year the same lessons are to be revised and repeated. Allah Ta'ala has given us these occasions and given us these lessons that come along with these occasions so that the lessons that need to be in our lives, we keep refreshing them and we keep reflecting of how much has this really become part of our system. Many a times we would have heard the virtues of some action, some amal, and when hearing it for the second time, for the third time, for the fifth time, for the fiftieth time, then it appears, well, this I heard so many times, but the reality is that till something hasn't become part of our lives, we haven't heard it. A person has heard it many times, but it hasn't become part of our lives, we haven't yet heard it. It's still the first time. So these occasions that come, they come with these lessons. And the occasion that is right at our doorstep is the Mubarak month of Zulhijjah and the various great moments that come along with this Mubarak month. So therefore it's important that we refresh our minds about what is this month all about, what are we supposed to do in this month? Start off with, in the Hadith, Nabi Islam says that the first ten days of Zul-Hijjah is extremely auspicious days in the ayat of the Quran Sharif Al-Fajr Walayadin Ash Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam on ten nights Allah Ta'ala taking a qasam on something is to show the greatness of it Allah Ta'ala doesn't need to take a qasam for anything but to highlight the importance of something for his servants to take note of. Allah Ta'ala takes a qasam on these ten nights, they have to be very significant. What is the significance of these ten nights, the first ten nights of Zul-Hijjah? <coughs> every night, the ibadat of these ten nights, every night is equivalent to the night of Laylatul Qadr. Laylatul Qadr is some night that we have to search for in the last ten nights of Ramadan among the odd nights and it is not something that we will be able to pinpoint certainly that it was this particular night one of the nights, the odd nights of the last ten nights of Ramadan and here in these ten nights every night is equivalent to Laylatul Qadr Laylatul Qadr one meaning of Qadr is power but Qadr also means appreciation so Qadr is, light of Qadr is for those who have Qadr. 
the night of Qadr is for those who have that appreciation. So those who appreciate these bounties and gifts of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with such an auspicious night and every night of these ten nights is so auspicious. So those who have Qadr, those who have appreciation, they will grab it with both arms. So this is the issue of the Qadr and appreciation for these gifts from Allah Ta'ala. These are gifts and bounties. Somebody offers us some material bounties, then we are very appreciative of it. But that material thing is bound to perish. It will perish in front of our eyes or we will leave it and go away. One day or the other. One of the two things will definitely happen. Either that will perish before us or we will leave it behind and go. And whereas these bounties and gifts that will build the akhirah for us. This is everlasting. And together with that, it brings barakat in everything that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us in dunya. So this is something to grab with both arms. So one is this great gift of these ten nights, that every night is equivalent to the night of Qadr. And then the other aspect is the days, each day of the first nine days of Zul-Hijjah, the tenth is the day of Eid. The first nine days, each fast of these first nine days is equivalent to the fasting of one year. This is a tremendous gift from Allah Ta'ala. And then comes the ninth of Zul-Hijjah which has additional reward. In the Hadith, Nabi Salaam says, fasting on the ninth, The night, or the, the year before and the year after. It serves as a compensation for the minor sins of both the years. So these are things we should try for. It's not for us, not wajib. But to the extent that one can try and make an effort to fast at least some of these days and to take the reward of the night, if not the whole night, not half the night, not quarter the night, at least an hour, at least half an hour, some portion of the night before we go to bed, the last portion of the night, a person wakes up a little bit before steady time expires, perform Turaqas, Tahajjud Salah, some little dua to Allah Ta'ala. So this too is some degree of Qadr, is some degree of appreciation for this great bounty from Allah Ta'ala. Then the night of Eid, in the Hadith, Nabi Islam says, Man ahya laylatayil idain, muhtasiban, lam yamut qalbuhu, yawmatamutul qulub. The one who will keep the nights of Eid alive. Keeping the nights of Eid alive means some ibadah they get. He turns to Allah Ta'ala in remembrance, in zikr, in dua, in tilawat with the Quran Sharif, some nafil salah. Generally, the nights of Eid become so exciting that a person forgets Allah Ta'ala on those nights. Whereas that is the time to turn more to Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has given us that occasion of happiness. So we should make that being happy who granted us that occasion to, to start off with. So in any case, Allah Ta'ala, Nabi Salaam says, the one who keeps the nights of Eid alive, and his heart will not die on the day when hearts will die. One explanation of this is the day of Qiyamah, that the intensity of the difficulties of that day will make people be like in a state of, as in one ayat Allah Ta'ala says, that sukara wa mahum bi sukara. They'll be looking like in a state of intoxication, completely bewildered. Those who have not gained the mercy of Allah on that day. But they won't be really intoxicated. It is the severity of the punishment of Allah Ta'ala that will make them appear in that condition. On that day, Allah Ta'ala will keep people, their hearts alive, meaning keep them in His mercy. 
those who kept the nights of Eid alive. And another explanation of this is that in dunya, that a person when fitnas are abounding, and fitnas are getting people involved in every other thing, Allah Ta'ala will keep such a person safe from those fitnas in dunya. So it's a major blessing from Allah Ta'ala that keeping the nights of Eid alive becomes a protection from various fitnas in dunya. So these are some of the virtues that we need to keep in mind, some of the virtues that we need to make an effort to take with both hands as we said. This is something that has come as a gift from Allah Ta'ala and something that we should try and make the maximum of. When these occasions that come, the day of Eid will come, Eid al-Adha, it is an occasion of sacrificing in the name of Allah Ta'ala. Again here there are great virtues and blessings performing of that qurbani for a person on that day who has the value of nisab, the minimum amount on which zakat becomes compulsory. You can inquire it keeps fluctuating from time to time on the value of price of gold, silver, etc. So we can inquire from the ulama, etc. and they will tell us, but that amount a person has on the day of Eid, then qurbani is wajib upon him. And this is emphasized by Nabi Wasallam. To the extent that in one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, The person who has the means to perform qurbani, he has the means, he has that amount of minimum wealth. That is the means. And he fails to do so, then he should not even attend our Eid Salah. Now it doesn't mean that he is absolved of the obligation. It means that this is the extent to which we are upset with him that he shouldn't join us. This is Nabi Sallallahu in his time, he being the Imam, in his Idgah, and such an occasion that comes once a year, says, No, this person has done such a disservice to himself, he's deprived himself so much, and to show what a terrible thing he's done, this is our instruction to him. Don't even join us for the Isra. This is to emphasize the importance of Qurbani itself. So this is a great amal in the hadith Nabi Islam says that there is nothing more beloved to Allah Ta'ala on the day of Eid al-Adha min ihraqid dam than causing the uh, blood of the animals to flow. The blood of the animal causing it to flow that is the most beloved amal to Allah Ta'ala on the day of Eid. is nothing more beloved to him. Now can we imagine how many a'mal they are that a person can perform? He can be making nafil salah, he can be making tilawah of the Qur'an Sharif, he can be spending thousands, maybe millions in charity also. He can be doing so many great a'mal. But on that day, the most beloved of all the a'mal to Allah Ta'ala is the amal of slaughtering an animal in the name of Allah Ta'ala. This is such a great amal. And every hair on the body of that animal, the person is rewarded to the equivalent of the number of hair, can anybody count it? Now, many a times the issue becomes that it is a little out of my budget. Only the person doesn't have that minimum amount, is not wajib on him. Very well, he's not obligated. So there is no question from him. But a person has that minimum amount of wealth on which Qurbani becomes wajib. Now a person says, but it's not possible for me to do it because of the price. But if you really consider how much of extravagance there may be in our day-to-day lives, 
how many people spend more than what it costs one to buy one animal over two, three months, they spend more than that in eating out. Over two, three months, four months, many a person will spend almost that amount or more than that eating out. Whereas that alone, uh, that comes along with so many of the other fitnas also. Eating out turkey is another topic on itself. But, the Qurbani is wajib, it is such a great amal in the Hadith, Nabi says it becomes hijabam minan nar. It becomes a protection for the person from the fire of Jahannam. Before the first drop of blood falls onto the ground. That the first drop before it falls onto the ground, that animal is already accepted by Allah Tabarakallah. And therefore, Nabi says, فَطِيبُوا بِهَا nafsa." Do this with a happy heart. Don't do it grudgingly. Don't do it in a way that, well, this was a burden, I had to get it done with. But do it with a happy heart. This is such a great honor for me, that to sacrifice an animal in the name of Allah Taala. But this requires a little bit of forward planning, that if a person knows that, okay, I will need to save from beforehand, to such a great opportunity, I should save for it. A person saves for so many things in dunya, a person saves for things on which he should not be spending extravagantly. But we save for all those things. To save for such a great ibadat, such a great amal, this is something that will bring great barakat and blessings in a person's risk as well, and in his life, in everything. So as far as possible, in fact, a person must, that if qurbani is wajib, he should make sure he performs that qurbani. Then, as far as the Qurban is concerned, one is the slaughtering of that animal. That is something which is wajib a person will do. And alhamdulillah, in the thousands, in the hundreds of thousands, animals are slaughtered. That amal, alhamdulillah, is ongoing. But there isn't anything in deen which is just a mere ritual. The person did it and got over it and is done. All these amal have very deep significance and very deep lessons in them for us. And the amal of Qurbani comes all the way from Sayyidina Ibrahim So it's meant to take us back to that occasion when this commenced. And to put ourselves in those shoes and this entire duration, the days of Hajj, the months of Hajj, this is filled with the reminders of Sayyidina Ibrahim and Ibrahim's wife Hazrat Hajra radiallahu ta'ala anha and this entire family and the qurbani that they made, the sacrifice that they were ready to make for Allah wa ta'ala, the total submission to Allah ta'ala, these are the lessons that this occasion comes with. This is the entire lesson of love. The lesson of love for Allah ta'ala. is initially commanded to go and leave his wife and child in this barren place completely barren. At that time there was nothing there, nobody there. Now a woman and a baby being left in a barren place, nobody to take care of them, nobody to see to them, no means of survival. Now if it was one of us, we will immediately start questioning the logic behind it. Is this logical? Does this make sense? Is this something that is going to have any benefit to anyone in it? Ibrahim didn't question the logic in it. 
All he was interested in what is in the command of Allah. Allah Ta'ala gave the command, he went ahead to do it. And he leaves his wife and child and he's now returning. He's turning back and he is now moving on. And she's after all a human being. He's a woman. She has the same anxieties and fears like any other human being. She has the same concerns like any other insan on earth. And she therefore starts asking the question, are you leaving us here in this place? There is no water here. There is nothing for us to survive on. There is nobody to look after us here. Dal Islam keeps quiet. He doesn't say anything. He was ordered not to say anything. She asked the question a second time. And when she doesn't get an answer a second time, she asked a third time. Or on the third occasion, she changed the question. Now the question was, is this the command of Allah Ta'ala? Because she knew this, my husband is a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala. So her question now is, is this the command of Allah Ta'ala? Is this by the order of Allah Ta'ala? It indicates, yes, this is by the order of Allah Ta'ala. Now what is her response? The response of a woman who is going to be left alone in a deserted place. No means of survival, apparently. And the one person who could have taken care of taken care of them, her husband is now also going. But she's being told, no, this is the order of Allah. Ta'ala. So what is her response now? Her response in the face of every sign of destruction. Apparently all the signs of destruction are spelled out. But her response is, in that case, if this is the order of Allah, ta'ala, you may go ahead, Allah ta'ala won't allow us to perish. Allah Ta'ala's help will then be with us. If what you are doing is by the order of Allah Ta'ala, then there is nothing to fear. Now this is the lesson for us to bring alive. And slaughtering that animal, oh in these days for that matter, in particular in these days of Hajj. This is the lesson to keep reflecting upon, that here was a woman who was being left alone with her child, in a barren place, with no means of survival, and she is saying, if this is the order of Allah Ta'ala, then that is where there is protection. If this is the order of Allah Ta'ala, then in this is success. Now from day, in our day-to-day life, we are faced with various challenges. This was a challenge, to be left alone in this manner. We are also faced with various challenges. And in those challenges, there are many, many things that are dangled in front of us. Sometimes a person might be in a financial situation. And now somebody is putting forward a proposition of some kind of loan or interest or the bank manager is now ringing. And now a person is faced with this challenge. But this is the lesson that at that time success is in fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala has said that Ya ayyuhalladheena amunu attaqullaha wa zaru ma baqiya min al-riba in kuntum mu'mineen. The ayah that deal with interest. And the ahadith of Rasulullah that deal with interest, that this is complete lanat of Allah Ta'ala. Now when a person has this lesson in front of him, he'll say, come what may, but in going in what seems to be apparently my solution, this kind of solution Allah Ta'ala has showed his lanat on, this is destruction. And refraining from it, which might seem like destruction, it might seem like now this is going to cause things to now turn downwards. This is where my solution lies. Because I'm doing this now on the order of Allah. And in obedience to Allah Ta'ala's command. 
But if a person doesn't have this submission in his life, then all of Allah will put aside. See, that now we got to do what we got to do. How can a person survive in this time and age without getting involved in interest? This will be the kind of responses that will come there. The kind of responses that go totally against the ayat of the Quran and the ahadith of Rasulullah. So this occasion comes with this lesson of total submission. So they are left behind. And when they are left behind, Allah Ta'ala then shows His Qudrat. But dunya is that first do what we have to do. In Allah Ta'ala says, you help the deen of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is independent of us. He doesn't need us. But you do what you have to, what you are supposed to do. Yansurkum, then the help of Allah Ta'ala will come. Our general attitude is, first Allah Ta'ala must do my work. Then I'll do His. So who's in need of who? Are we in need of Allah Ta'ala or Allah Ta'ala is in need of us? We are in need of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is, Allah ghaniyun ankum. Ya yunnasu antumul fuqara'u ila Allah. Allah Ta'ala says, you are in need of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is totally independent. So we have to do first what we are supposed to do. Then the help of Allah Ta'ala comes. And when they submitted to Allah Ta'ala, that submission became the means of their own safety, Eventually that became the means of the water of Zamzam coming and became the means of the nourishment of millions of people till today until Qiyamah. But this came first out of that submission and it came with a challenge. The child became hungry, the child became thirsty and he is now tossing and turning in that thirst to the extent that he made his mother run from first to Safa and then to Marwa and back and forth. And this Qurbani of this sacrifice became so beloved Allah Ta'ala preserved it till Qiyamah that every person wants to perform Hajj, his Hajj won't be complete without this Sahih also. But first they did this. First they ran for Allah Ta'ala. Then Allah Ta'ala brought the showers of Rahmat and it came in the form of Zamzam. And it became in the form of now the Zamzam became a means that there's water here. People decided to come and settle. That became a means of company for them. That became a means of protection and their security in terms of the means of dunya. But first step was to submit to Allah Ta'ala. And likewise then came a very major test in the life of Ibrahim that now he's been told slaughter the son. So the slaughtering of that son today we can sit and talk about it very easily. Because we knew what the, we know now what the end result was. What happened in the end? Like the person reading the story from the first starting or from the back. In the last line. When he finished with the conclusion, now he knows what's the conclusion. Well, it's very easy now to understand everything. But a person in that moment in time, in those shoes, who is being told, slaughter your son, and he is not aware that this won't really happen. And that son who came, who was blessed, he was blessed with the son in old age. And that son who is now of the age where he can be of assistance to the father. Now comes to his son. He's been given the command of Allah Ta'ala. That I see myself in the dream slaughtering him. What is this question all about? This is a question that, what do you think about it? Should we go ahead or not? No, no. Rahim Salaam is 100% that this is the command of Allah Ta'ala. It has to be done. And it will be done. But this is a child after all. So now we need to prepare his mind for it. We came ready for it. 
So as a part of the preparing of his mind for it, this was posed as a question. What do you have to say? It is a young child. Neither did the father ask any logic in this. After all, what is the logic in throttling a child? And what wrong did he do? What wrong did I do that I must be deprived of my child? Deen is not based on our logic. Deen is the command of Allah. Therefore, he didn't question anything about logic. But now he's putting forward this question to a child. He's understanding, he has the ability to understand what is going to happen. But he's still not even of age. And he's being told you are going to be slaughtered. So this is what I've been shown in a dream that I'm going to be slaughtering you. And to somebody else, the first response would have been, well, it's a dream. So at the most, you can call it a nightmare and forget about it. He didn't do that. And neither did he start questioning the logic also. He knew this is, his father is a Nabi of Allah. And the dream of a Nabi is Wahi, it's revelation. It's a command of Allah. Here comes again the total submission from this child. Ya abati fa'al ma tu'mar. Satajiduni insha'allahu minas sabir. My father, go ahead and do what you have been commanded. And not just you go ahead. I will cooperate. He's going to be slaughtered. So I will cooperate in this. How? You'll find me patient. I'm not going to try and run away, make a you and cry about it. I will be patient in this. Yes, it's a challenge, but I'll be patient. This is the lesson. And putting the knife on that animal, it's not only putting the knife on that animal. Putting the knife on our desires, whose desire is not there, that child's desire. <coughs> I should continue living, I should have my life. Why should I be slaughtered? Which father doesn't have the desire to see his son living longer? But putting the knife on our desires that go against the command of Allah. That is the lesson. Whether it is the desire of continuing to sleep at the time of Fajr, so this putting the knife on the throat of that animal is teaching us to put the knife on our sleep also at the time of Fajr. To put the knife on that ringing till, on that business, on that occupation, on that profession, on whatever. At the time of Zohar and Asar and Maghrib. And on front, on all those things that become a barrier and become an obstacle in performing that Isha and whatever other command of Allah. To put a knife on that haram desire to commit any haram. To go to places of haram. To do things of haram. To cast any haram glance to speak any haram word, to listen to anything haram. So just as putting the knife on that animal is required, that is teaching us this lesson also. That put the knife on all the things that Allah wa ta'ala has forbidden. Put the knife on all those things that become an obstacle in fulfilling the command of Allah wa ta'ala. So this is a lesson that has been given to us, that this is not just a ritual. Something done and done will finish over. Now is the time of the very making and we go on. No, these are moments to sit and reflect that this is a family that taught the lesson of submission and taught it in such a way that Allah Ta'ala preserved this lesson for us and preserved it for everybody till Qiyamah that just as Khalilullah and his family just as they submitted to Allah Ta'ala and this is such a submission that Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Quran Sharif فَلَمَّا أَسْلَمَا 
when both father and son submitted and the son was laid down to be slaughtered now came again the show of mercy from Allah Allah said find you you have already proved yourself you proved yourself now a show of mercy will come Allah spared the child and sent down the ram of Jannah but first they submitted again the same lesson that unfortunately our sequence is other way around first Allah must be get our work done first that business must prosper then we try and make it for salah first that difficulty must go away then now we will do something for Allah whereas the correct procedure is we first submit to Allah completely, entirely outwardly and inwardly in terms of our external amal in terms of our heart and our emotions, our akhlaq, everything. We submit to Allah wa ta'ala, then we see the help of Allah. Ta'ala. So these occasions come, they come with all these great lessons. On the one side is the great rewards, the benefits that Allah ta'ala showers down, the virtues of these Mubarak days and of this Amal of Qurbani. Together with that is to reflect upon these great lessons and to make every effort to bring it into our lives. الله تبارك وتعالى في جميع أوروبا سيكون في آخر الدعوانات